Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to the latest installment of the Retirement Playbook. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we're going to be joined by really the star of our show, and that's Mr. Brian Spicer, the founder and CEO of Spicer Wealth Management. We're going to be getting into another financial discussion. That's what we tackle here on the show. We're taking the same strategies and solutions and you know, ultimately just conversations that Brian is having with his clients on a regular basis. And we're bringing them right here to you on this show. And today we got a really good one. You know, today our, our topic really surrounds this idea of elite wealth managers. What do they look like? What do they feel like? How do they sound? You know, what should you be really looking for uh, in terms of a financial advisor these days? And what maybe in a wealth manager tells you that, yep, this is top tier. This is a truly elite wealth manager. That's what we're going to be tackling today. We're going to be peeling back, you know, the curtain and getting Brian's two cents on the matter and as as to really what it takes to be an elite wealth manager in today's day and age. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Brian out and get right into the discussion today. Brian, it's good to see you this morning. How you doing? Good to see you, Ryan. Good to see you. Yeah, always, always good to get together with you, Brian. Um, and today we're talking about a topic that obviously is very near and dear to you because you are one, you know, a wealth manager. So let's let's talk about elite wealth management. And let's first start by acknowledging that there are just many financial professionals out there that call themselves wealth managers, right? And they describe themselves as maybe world-class or elite. Well, how are people that are looking for you know, that are looking to make smart decisions about their wealth, how are they supposed to assess whether or not this person does live up to that claim of being an elite or world-class manager? How, how do they know? It's an interesting scenario because in the marketplace, a lot of people want people to perceive them to be probably a little bit more than they really are. And, mm -hmm. you know, they like the, the yeah. title wealth manager versus stockbroker as an example, that which is, typical for the financial advisors in the marketplace. And you, when you, you get into the weeds a little bit, you've got to get down into the definition of what a true wealth manager should be providing. Okay, what are, and it really comes into two different segments. One is the investment management of the in, investable assets. And the other part is wealth planning. Now, we find that most people that call themselves financial advisors or wealth managers, you know, they do the investment management side pretty well, but they don't really incorporate anything on the wealth planning side. And, and that's kind of what we find when we, we interact with our, our prospective clients that way. Okay, gotcha. Well, let's let's dive a little deeper into that because uh, let's let's talk about that investment management side. What does investment man excuse me investment management look like when it's being done? You know, using that true wealth management approach. What is the that investment management side? Well, look like? it, it's going to come into play with you know designing a, a good portfolio for that and and doing the product selection of designing you know what type of investments we're going to use here, whether it be a stock portfolio, a mutual fund portfolio, a variable annuity, a hybrid tool of some kind, you know, the product selection comes into play. Also designing the asset allocation piece of it, where, you know, we're looking at diversifying the portfolio among asset classes and making sure there's not a high concentration in any one area. And, and we also take into consideration their that person's tolerance for risk. And, you know, depending upon the account that you're using, 
you may take a little bit more risk in one account than you would another. An example would be, I'm going to take more money, more risk in my Roth IRA because it's the last bucket I'm going to use for income compared to my money that I got in my trust account, as an example. Uh, but using the risk management, risk uh, analysis side, make sure we, we've managed manage the risk of how much of a loss are they willing to take under what kind of situations, how we've diversified the portfolio. And then a key component that we find a lot of people don't do is the rebalancing piece. A lot of people will go into a portfolio and it's a buy it and hold it and we never touch it again. And you know that rebalancing, the market will ebb and flow and you want to be able to have that portfolio ebb and flow with that. And so there will be small tweaks and twiddles that you'll do with a portfolio as, as it deals with you know, the market fluctuation, like right now the market's down. So, you know, how are we preserving those assets compared to being at risk in the marketplace? Gotcha. And Brian, you're saying that the, this isn't enough just on its own, that investment management in order to be considered a true elite wealth manager, there has to be this other wealth planning component as well. Talk to me about that. Well, the, it, you know, it, it's interesting because a good wealth manager is going to have a great discovery process where they get to know their clients, what their values, what their goals are, what's important about money to them, what, who are the people that are important to them, what are the causes that they believe in, you know, how do they want to interact with, with the advisors, what about their interests and hobbies, and you, you have to take that human, that whole, that holistic approach and be able to adapt that and then incorporate what we call the wealth planning side of that with those components. So example, uh, when we deal with wealth planning, okay, or the wealth management, the wealth planning side of it, you know, we're dealing with a lot of different areas outside of the typical portfolio. An example would be, we're looking at income tax planning. How do we position your assets to pay the least amount of taxes now or in the future? You know, there's a lot of people that have large retirement accounts, but they're all pre-tax money, meaning they're subject to a required minimum distribution at age 72 now. Well, how do we mitigate that tax that they're going to pay when they have to take those distributions? Are there things that we can do today to mitigate that, you know, and to reduce that? You know, there's nothing immoral or wrong about positioning your assets to pay the least amount of tax, but that's one major component that we find a lot of people that call themselves wealth managers really aren't dealing with the tax side of it. We also want to deal with the estate planning side of it. How are we going to distribute the assets that you've worked so hard to accumulate? Who's going to inherit these? Are there going to be any expenses or fees involved in that? And we, how can we mitigate that? How, are there strategies that we can incorporate instead of doing a will? Can we do a trust to make this go very efficiently to the people you love and care for and the causes you believe? We want to deal with marital divide and or, and or related party division from a standpoint that I may get a divorce. Well, how do the assets survive that? What about a partner, you know, going, going rogue on me and, and how will I pro provide for the business and the business assets? You know, those are all, these are all basic things. Also succession planning of a business. Usually when you've got a business owner, that's their pride and joy. You know, they've either started it from scratch, or they've grown it significantly. And that becomes a big core component of their assets. 
how do we make sure that that survives? You know, and what's the perpetuation plan for that? Deal with asset protection planning from a standpoint of making sure that the assets that you've accumulated during the course of your life are protected from some unforeseen event taking them away. That insurance review is very, very critical. We do a lot in charitable planning from a standpoint of how do we give to causes that we believe in very efficiently? Are there tools that we can use like charitable remainder trusts or grants or things like that, that we can build that component in? You know, life management planning from a standpoint of the longevity of these assets. Okay, we go through, let's say we did a revocable living trust to mitigate the, the probate expenses, and that's fine, but most revocable living trusts are set up to be outright distribution at the second death. Well, why not incorporate a multi-generational provision that basically says, instead of doing outright distribution, we'll just set up several sub-trusts for each of the beneficiaries of this trust so that they get their equal division, but then how each one of them receive that money, that money is, is going to, and they get to choose how they invest that and they have control access yeah. and flexibility of it, but it protects that money from creditors, it protects that money from, from a divorce, and there's a lot of tools that the, that, that the beneficiaries can use to benefit themselves instead of going through the tip traditional, hey, I'm going to buy a secondary house, that type of stuff. So those are some examples of wealth planning that is outside of what an investment portfolio does and is. And you want to make sure you've got people that you're working with that have those talents to be able to bring those resources together so that you can do and accomplish the goals that are important to you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A laundry list of, of those specialty areas, those different, you know, facets of wealth management that do clearly go beyond simply investing. So that, no, Brian, that's super helpful. That obviously sets that foundation in terms of what somebody should be looking for when it comes to working with a wealth manager, a true wealth manager. Mm -hmm. But let's, let's take this one, one step further. And that is, what if somebody wants to find a wealth manager who is working at that elite level for them? So my question to you is, how do you know whether or not that person is really working at that level specifically for that client? You know, it's a, a custom tailored plan, if you will. Well, you know, part of it is what it, kind of a process did that elite wealth manager have in that first interaction with that client? What is, his, what is their discovery process? Did they ask the questions about what's important about money to you, Ryan? What are the people, who are the people that are important to you in your life? You know, what are the causes that you believe in? You know, what are your values that you really are core to you and, and what make you tick? You know, how do you, you know, yeah, the assets are going to be the assets and that's the, the smallest piece of this, you know, but then you get into like, what are your hobbies and interests and, and those kind of things to kind of, and you incorporate that in all of your planning so that as you kind of ebb and flow with the plan, you kind of bring those same elements into every aspect of the plan so that you they can have what they call quality of life for them. Everybody's goals are going to be a little different, but basically they're going to be able to accomplish the goals that they want to accomplish and have the quality of life that they want to have. Sure, sure. And so, Brian, it sounds like to me, though, that that's, that's just not what all wealth managers out there are doing these days. Am I correct in saying that? That is very correct. I mean, we find that a lot of people that will call themselves a wealth manager, they're, they're, they're just 
good investment management people. They do a good job there, but they don't have all the skill sets to be able to incorporate a lot of these other things. They don't have the processes and procedures in place to be able to address all of these individual concerns that may be appropriate for that particular client. Yeah. Do you happen to have an example maybe for me of, of maybe somebody going to, uh, you know, what they thought was a wealth manager and then realizing it, it didn't, the fit really wasn't there. Oh, well, I mean, you know, we see, we see a lot of that, unfortunately, where they'll, they'll, they'll have, their, they'll have their existing advisor and they'll come in and we'll do a, we'll do a complete review for them free of charge. And, and in that discovery process, we'll look at everything that they're doing. We'll have a, a nice conversation about what are their, what's important about money to them. What are their values? What are the, who are the people that are important to them? We'll go through our discovery process with them, get a good understanding of that. Then we'll do a review of their, their program and share with them, here are the concerns. If I was in your shoes with your goals and, 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 and goals and objectives that you want to accomplish, Here's what you're doing well that you want to keep doing because it's working. Nothing to, nothing to change it. But here are some things that you need to fine tune because of these reasons. And here's some things that maybe we find that if you keep doing, I'm going to hurt you either now or in the future. And we want to make those recommendation changes. And, we've, and we go through this from an accumulation standpoint, a tax standpoint, a distribution standpoint to kind of help them understand holistically are they on target to really accomplish their goals? And, and that's the first step of then them helping to understand, are we a good fit for them? Are they a good fit for us? And when we have that dis discussion, we'll identify. And sometimes we find, Ryan, you know, they're doing a good job and we pat them mm -hmm. on the back and send them on their way because they really are doing a good job. But I would say more times than not, we find issues where we can actually provide value for them by dotting some I's and crossing some T's, because a lot of times they're doing an okay job. They're just not doing a very efficient job because it's what you don't know that's going to hurt you. And, and we find that in everything that we do. Right. No, that, and that is so, so important. I'm glad you brought that up. And, and uh, as a, an aside to our audience, I mean, we took a deep dive into that process, that stress testing process in a prior episode here of the retirement playbook. So if you'd like to learn a little bit more about that and maybe get into the weeds of what that stress test truly entails and how Brian and his team go about it, I'd recommend heading back, checking out that episode, you know, after you wrap up with today's discussion, but Brian, Hey, we've laid a lot out there for our audience today and probably been some eye-opening discussion for me maybe a few people that weren't really privy to this idea of elite wealth management, really what all needs to go into being and having a truly elite wealth manager. As we're kind of bringing our conversation to a head here, let's bottom line it one final time for our audience today. In your eyes, what does elite wealth management truly look like? You Well, having somebody that really understands what is important to that client holistically, not just you know, from a, an asset accomplishment standpoint, but also, you know, what are the values? What are the core? What are the core values that they're trying to accomplish? What are the what are the what are the people that are important to them? Are they really doing a very good job in in making sure that they've dotted their eyes and crossed their t's that way? Are you know are are given to the causes that they believe in? You know, we 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 go through a very extensive process to make sure that holistically 
we've set them on tone to where they're not really worried about what the market's doing on a daily basis because their their income needs are taken care of properly, their assets are being managed properly, their their goals that they're trying to accomplish are are, are being met either now or in the future. And so, you know, making sure that we stay on top of, of their ebb and flows. And, and then, you know, we don't just do the planning and walk away. We actually get back and we, we at least with every client, at least every three to six months, uh, going back and dot and I's and crossing T's just to making sure the client's telling us, here's what's going on in our family. Here's what's going on in our lives. We're telling them, here's what's going on with Congress, with the laws. Here's what IRS is doing with the tax issues. Here, here's what's going on from a product standpoint. And we're kind of making small adaptations as we kind of go through there. But that's the kind of process that you want to work with uh, as you kind of have a, a good relationship with your, your advisor. Fantastic. Well, Brian, uh, for anybody out there that maybe is interested in reaching out to you and your team to just talk mm -hmm. about their unique situation, maybe even go through a stress test and your discovery process as a whole, what would be the best way they could get in touch with you and your team to just start a dialogue? Well, they can always go to our website, spicerwealth.com, or they can call our office at 937-426-3836. We'll be more than happy to get them on the schedule to have that, that strategy session where we're just going to talk about how can we be of help to you and see if there's a fit. And if there is, great. If there's not, that's okay. You know, we're, we're very candid about that. <laughs> All righty, fantastic. Well, hey, Brian, you're a busy guy. You've got a company to run. I will let you get back to your day, but I appreciate you carving some time out to jump on and, and really unpack this idea of elite wealth management because it can be an eye-opening subject for, for those that aren't really privy to this idea of, of how much really goes into wealth management beyond just that investing layer. So thank you, Brian, and uh, looking forward to jumping back with you on the next one. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate the opportunity. Alrighty. And hey, look, as always, we want to take one final moment and thank you guys. And that's our audience for jumping aboard and being with us on the discussion today. If you liked it, you know, today's chat and you took anything away from it, do us a favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the show on whichever platform you're checking us out on today. And then of course, share this information, right? With friends, family, maybe business owners, anybody that you think would benefit from these types of discussions. Because I said at the top of the show, and I'll say it again, we're just taking those same conversations and strategies, solutions, you name it, that Brian is working with on a regular basis with his clients, and we're bringing them right here to you guys on this show. Uh, and we've obviously, we've got a great list of topics queued up for future episodes, and we would hate to have you guys miss out on any of that beneficial information. So for Brian, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you being with us on today's installment of the Retirement Playbook. <laughs>